Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Oh, boy. Call your wife right now. Tell her to tap that keg. <laughs> Tell her to start seasoning the wings. Break out the smoker. The fourth GOP primary debate tonight yeah. will feature Woo! the smallest field yet with just four candidates. It's actually a good thing, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. What, what's that? Where, where Smaller are we? the field, the better the debate, right? Yeah, but Chris Christie's still in there. He's so annoying. But, so like, it, Doug's gone, Doug, and Mike Pence is gone. It's a field of four tonight. While it's still two people too many, it's still a lot better than what we've seen before. What do you think it should be DeSantis and Nikki Haley? Those should be the final two standing. Vivek and Chris Christie not making a dent. Right. They're not bringing in any money. They're not really resonating with a lot of people. Now, these debates have been good to Ramaswamy. It feels like he's good for one zinger every time there's a debate. But the only time you ever really hear from him is during a debate. Nobody's really going to Ramaswamy rallies, and they're not making donations to him. He's really good when he's in front of a camera, and he's you know bringing the heat at a debate. But other than that, his campaign had a big start, and then it's kind of fizzled a little bit. Man, the thing is, I like Vivek, so I, I like every. I, would vote for Vivek if I thought it would make a difference. If my like options are that remote control or the Democrat, I'm team remote control. <laughs> but if it's Vivek, then I agree with you. I like some of the things that he said. But for one reason or the other, it just hasn't resonated. But you could say the exact same thing about Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Ron uh, DeSantis had every bit of you know, momentum heading into this thing, and his campaign never really took off. Great Florida governor, great policy, a great um, a communicator, but I just, and when I say communicator, I'm saying on a big stage and platform and a de- debate forum, but I, I really don't ever think he got out there. I mean, he visited all 90 plus counties in Iowa. It just doesn't seem like he's very personable to me, but don't get me wrong. I would vote for him over any one of the Democrats. Uh, if it came down to him and Trump, I'm not sure who I'd vote for. I, I still I still don't know. Probably DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is really good at governing. like, And that's really what this thing should be about, but it's not. And the U.S. presidential election has not been about who's going to be the best governor of our country in a long time. <laughs> it's been American Idol, right? It's been catchphrases, whether it's hope and change, make America great again, uh, things like that that captivate voters. And listen, I know this will probably hurt some feelings of some people, but the morons who are undecided voters, like a couple months before the presidential election, these people that for whatever reason still haven't seen enough information to cast a vote, they're the ones that go with, well, he looks like the kind of guy I could have a beer with. 
which is <laughs> yeah. stupid as hell because you're never going to have a beer with the president of the United States. Never, ever. Well, I don't know. There was the beer summit with were Obama. Were you invited? I was not invited to the beer summit Allison, with Obama. were you invited to the beer summit? <laughs> no, I couldn't make it. You're not going to have a beer with the president of the United States. Big big question is, all right, we get through all this. We get through Iowa. Um, who does Trump choose as his running mate? Heard a lot of names thrown around, mostly UN Ambassador Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, Christy Nome. Those are the two names that I hear more than anything else. Now, the wild card in all of this, the Hail Mary is Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can completely rule that out because it's Donald Trump we're talking about here. But I do think he needs a female on that ticket. And whether it's Christy Nome or Nikki Haley, I promise you, when they have that debate against Kamala Harris, unless a fly lands on somebody's head, <laughs> they are going to mop the floor with Kamala Harris. Expect uh, Nikki Haley's opponents tonight to hit out on her for this comment that's circulating. I believe she made it in June, but it's gone viral again. Uh, this was from CBS News regarding sex change operations for kids. Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. Hmm. You don't think there, there should be a law about experimental surgery where doctors are removing appendages from young kids? There shouldn't be a law from for, you know, 12-year-old Johnny that, you know, my kid's about to turn 12, Hammer. If he comes up to me and says, you know, Dad, eh, I don't think this whole penis thing is working out. <laughs> I want to be a girl. Some parents are crazy enough to lean into that and go with that. No, there should be a law against that until you turn 18. Sorry. And even worse than that, I think there are going to be some parents that push that onto their kids. Sure. You're actually a girl. Yes. But I don't feel like a girl. You're a girl. And if you disagree, you're disobeying with your parents and you're some sort of ist. There are lunatic parents out there that would totally do that. Um, you can't change my mind otherwise. I bet this gets brought up tonight in one way or the other. Again, that's from June, but you know how it works. So who's moderating this bad boy tonight? Who cares? Like, I, <laughs> if you're tuning in for the moderators... That's the kind of ex- extensive <laughs> breakdown you get on the Hammer and I Nigel mean, like, show. Honestly, if you're tuning into this debate for the moderators, your, uh, your priorities are in the wrong place. I it's, just want somebody that's going to be able to bring the room in if the wheels fall off. Because the second debate... I believe it was a Fox debate. Dana Perino, somebody from Univision, and an old guy. And they couldn't get control of the crowd. Well, it's Megyn Kelly, and she's probably about the biggest name out there. And she was, at one point, the the biggest cable news anchor and or reporter in the industry. She's done debates before. If you remember, Donald Trump gave her the infamous bleeding out of somewhere uh, comment after the first debate. And somebody out of the... So, but I mean, she's a conservative, um, and, and she has a daily podcast on on Sirius. Somebody from the Washington Free Beacon, which is another conservative outlet, like a lot of investigative reporting. That's, right. That's a moderator, uh, Eliana Johnson, Eliana Johnson, and then um, 
News Nation. This is on News Nation tonight. Right. So that's the, who's uh, carrying the debate tonight. Uh, Elizabeth, News Nation. Elizabeth Vargas is a longtime member of the mainstream media, from NBC to Good Morning America to ABC. And then you can look for uh, analysis after the debate on News Nation with a friend of the show, Bill O'Reilly. So that's happening tonight. But last night, the old man, number 45, yeah. Donald Trump did a town hall with Sean Hannity. And Hannity started <laughs> talking to Donald Trump. And there's chatter that Donald Trump's going to be a dictator if he wins. Yeah, like Liz Cheney's going around. She's got this new horrible book that she's touting and telling people that. Yeah, <laughs> That's the name of it. Liz Cheney's horrible book. <laughs> you know, she's he's a dictator. He won't if if he loses uh, if he is elected, he'll never give up the presidency. That kind of talk. And a Hannity threat, threat to democracy kind of thing, right? Brought that up to Donald yeah. Trump last night issue though because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances you are promising America tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody except for day one yeah. except Look, what? he's going crazy except for day one meaning I want to close the border and I want to drill that's drill, not a, that's real that's not no, no. that's not retribution I got I'm gonna be I'm gonna be you know he keeps we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. So, of course, the headlines come out of there. Donald Trump says he wants to be a dictator. Donald Trump doesn't deny it. He was <laughs> right. asked. He didn't deny it. Um I think this may be the first time Donald Trump has gone on record of talking about the health of Joe Biden mm -hmm. and whether or not he thinks he can make it to 2024. Do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it. OK, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I'd never really. I personally don't think he makes it. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, <laughs> I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. And who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Donald Trump going, basically saying if he blew on Joe Biden, he'd fall right over. Yeah, we haven't A heard Biden challenging people to push-up <laughs> contests lately, have we? That was his whole thing. Right. Back in the day. Look fat. You want to do some push-ups? Fat? Um, so the big question is, as we round out this segment here, is is who Sean Hannity asked Donald Trump who would replace Joe Biden if indeed he wasn't the candidate in 2024? Who do you think would replace him then? Uh, well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night, and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering— You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that he didn't have the facts, I thought he did well. You know, he said, <laughs> we have the lowest taxes in the country. We have the cleanest streets in the country. We're... And I'm saying, wait a minute, is he talking about the same place? <laughs> so he'd certainly be one. I guess they say that— Kamala would be uh, the one, the odds to be. <laughs> because they say if they didn't give it to her, the African-American vote, the black vote, would not go to them. And we just had a poll where I'm at 22 and 25 percent with the black vote. If we have that, we can pull the election over. 
I love the crowd's reaction yeah. to Kamala. It reminded me of that scene in Animal House where the Deltas are trying to figure out who the new pledges are going to be, and they put the picture of Flounder up there, and you see Belushi go, ah! And everybody throws a beer bottle and booze it. That's what that reminded me of. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Funny, uh, watching the debate between DeSantis and Newsom, the uh, the red state versus the blue state, with Sean Hannity as moderator last week. Uh, Newsom was all about Biden, Bidenomics. Bidenomics. I love it. Bidenomics. Bidenomics is working. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, if you've noticed, to stop mentioning Bidenomics. I don't think it's testing well. Now, to be you know, fair to Joe Biden, maybe he forgot it was a thing. <laughs> Bidenomics hard at work even in the world of movies, Hammer. We'll get to that in just a second. Real quick, though. Macaulay Culkin, a.k.a. Kevin from Home Alone. Kevin! He got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame with uh, support from his, uh, his Home Alone mom, Catherine O'Hara. And I want you to listen to Macaulay's voice here. I think he kind of sounds like his brother, Kieran Culkin, who plays Roman on Succession. But this is uh, this is Macaulay Culkin on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I'd like to thank Brenda. You are absolutely everything. You're not only the best woman I've ever known, you're the best person I've ever known. Uh, you've given me just all my purpose. You give me family. To wrap things up, uh, and in the spirit of the holiday season, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yes, that does sound like Roman on Succession. You've been watching, haven't you? Yeah, binged it, made it all the way through. Oh, wow. Okay, so Kevin's... All right, so here's why I bring up Bidenomics and inflation and how prices are just crazy. I mean, I realize the movie was made in 1991, but... But this is just Kevin's grocery store. Remember his little trip to the grocery store and home alone by himself? Right. Cost $19.83. Someone on social media calculated it would cost about $68 today. So we're talking like the frozen TV dinner, $5. A loaf of bread, three bucks. Frozen mac and cheese, three fifty. Saran wrap, half gallon of milk, Tide laundry detergent, toilet paper, half gallon of OJ. Um, <laughs> the pack of plastic army men would cost $9 today. Now, to be fair, he did have a coupon. He did have a dollar coupon. In so the that, first Home Alone. So that brings Kevin's total to $63.73. Then factor in tax, he's looking around 68 bucks. But yes, he did have the dollar coupon. Hell, the Tide laundry detergent alone would almost be more than the entire sum of the first trip. Yeah. Laundry detergent is re ridiculous right now. It's crazy. That's like $13. And in the first movie, the entire trip, <laughs> the trip was $19. $19.83. 
Watch Home Alone this past weekend, actually. First official holiday viewing of Home Alone was this past Saturday. Will you watch Home Alone 2? Yes, but I'm not one of these freaks that feels like it's better than the first Home Alone. No, it's definitely not better than the first Home Alone. Because there are weirdos out there that try to make that argument, and I'm sorry. You can't do better than the first Home Alone. That's the GOAT of the franchise. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You people disgust me. Hammer and Nigel. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there. Uh, former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is uh, leaving Congress at the end of the year. Uh, well, what a terrible Christmas <laughs> this is going to be. Now, it does, you know, <laughs> there's already a paper thin House GOP majority, and it gets a little tighter with former House Speaker McCarthy. Do you think Matt Gates feels bad about that at all? (laughs) Because like last couple weeks, I mean, we joke about this. George Santos was thrown out, and now McCarthy is strutting out the door. Sounds like there may be a few others that follow his lead that were upset about what happened to him. I mean, that thin majority is about to be razor thin for the Republicans. Kevin McCarthy leaving Matt. You asked about Matt Gates earlier, who was the gang of eight, who sort of initiated his ouster as House Speaker because he said he wasn't fulfilling his obligations. Matt Gates just posted this on X recently. Kevin McCarthy. Just ready? Yes. Ready? McLeaven. (laughs) That's it? McCarthy is Mc- McLeaven. Leaven. He just put McLeaven. And of course, people are saying, look, way to reduce the majority. And Matt Gates is like, I didn't force him to resign. I just out he, I just kicked him out of the, the the Speaker of the House role. Nobody's forcing him to resign, but I'm sure he probably has a sour taste in his mouth. But clear. here's the thing, like these politicians, they're kind of like Like when somebody in the media either goes on strike or quits their job, they put out this passionate statement because they think people really care. I got news for you. There's going to be a day where you and I get fired, Nige. I promise you, I'm not going to put out some sappy, (laughs) it's just the beginning post for me. Because once you're not in the position of power, most people don't care anymore. Well, McCarthy saying via the Wall Street Journal, quote... I have decided to part to depart the house at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. There it is. There it is. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Kevin McCarthy anymore once he's not in a position of power. Like, as a matter of fact, I had a chance to speak to literally everyone in the country, Nige. Here are their thoughts on Kevin McCarthy's heartfelt op-ed in the Washington, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal. Well, bye. (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) Nice tombstone reference. Thank you. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So, my guess is, yes, he's going to be a um, a political pundit, some sort of talking head on CNN or MSNBC or maybe even Fox News. He'll end up somewhere not having a real job. I promise you that. (laughs) Uh, We have an update from a story yesterday. So we were playing some highlights of that uh, Senate hearing, and Marsha Blackburn, she's the senator from Tennessee, Rocky Top, the volunteer state. She's got a problem with the lack of information coming from the FBI 
about Jeffrey Epstein, the flight logs, and who was going down to Pedophile Island. She's trying to subpoena the, the flight logs. Right. And she was grilling FBI Director Chris Ray yesterday is the audio that we had, right? Correct. But Dick Durbin, he's the senator from the great state of Illinois. Which, by the way, that also sounds like a disease you get from spring break. Um, Dick Durbin, he's the guy that's trying to dodge a lot of this stuff about Jeffrey Epstein, which is interesting in itself. So, Hillary Vaughn, she's a reporter for Fox News. I believe she's Mrs. Peter Ducey. Uh, She's the one that kind of chases down some of these scumbag Democrats like... Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, basically wanting them to comment on their own words. So she chased down Dick Durbin yesterday, asking him why we can't get action in regards to Jeffrey Epstein. Chairman Durbin, can I ask you a quick question? Um, Why won't you subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? So who are you? Hillary Vaughn with Fox. With Fox, of course. Uh, I don't know anything about his flight logs. But why won't you subpoena them? Why don't you want to know? I don't know the issue. I know who Epstein was, but I certainly don't know anything about the issue. Well, he was charged with sex trafficking, so why don't you want to know who was utilizing his private plane? been raised by anyone. Well, yeah, Senator right. Blackburn has wanted to subpoena them, and there hasn't been a vote in your committee. Said a word to me, not a word. But aren't you curious, like what high-profile or powerful people might be closeted predators and pedophiles? Doesn't that concern you? So why won't you subpoena them if you can? It's the first time anyone has raised it. Thank you, Fox. Okay, answer the question. Why won't you do it? Yeah, that was the first time hearing of it. What are, you, what are you talking about? No, we just played audio of Marsha Blackburn talking about it. And I believe Jesse Waters from Fox News had a little bit more to say uh, on this conversation. Why is Senator Dick Durbin covering up for Jeffrey Epstein? Jeffrey Epstein's a dead child trafficker. And Senator Marsha Blackburn tried subpoenaing Jeffrey Epstein's flight log earlier today. And Senator Dick Durbin blocked it. Why can't we see who was on his jet. Who's Dick Durbin protecting? I assume Durbin isn't protecting a dead pedophile because he's a pedophile and he's dead. And they got a subpoena to go through Melania's underwear drawer. So you should be able to subpoena the Epstein flight logs. Yeah, no, no, Durbin isn't protecting Epstein. He's protecting friends and travel companions of Epstein. I like right? the dramatic music that was behind Jesse yeah, I don't right know there, what too. it was from. That wasn't from directly from Fox News, but that added an element of, of drama. A little sure creepiness with some mood music in the background. But you're right. If you're not going to answer questions about predators, you know, preying on young women, then damn, you're almost complicit, right? If you have well, look, something to, if you have the power to help prevent this or lock some of these people away and you don't do anything, my God, who are you protecting? The person asking for the Epstein travel logs is Senator Marsha Blackburn. She's a Republican. The person that is keeping them locked away and is blocking that subpoena, Dick Durbin, Democrat. And as I've said a million times, and I'll say it again, if that list, if Dick Durbin thought the list of people going to Epstein Island was Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Matt Gaetz, all these high-profile Republicans, do you think he'd be putting a few subpoenas out then? Absolutely. I promise you he would be. Uh, if you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, Nige, as if this debate tonight wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm going to need to drink just to get through it.
happy 66th birthday to the love gov, oh. Andrew Cuomo. Oh man, all the uh, all the Cuomo sexuals out there when he was <laughs> he was governor. He had the ladies in a tizzy. He did. He wore the. Uh, he's got the nipple rings, right? Wore a tight shirt, yeah. showing off the nipple rings. Muscular build. People wanted him to run for president because they loved his COVID pressers so much. He won a Emmy award. For his COVID press conference. That's right. A TV Emmy Award. Wrote a book on how to be a leader through COVID. And then we found out later on, he was throwing elderly grandparents back into the nursing homes with other COVID patients, killing a lot of elderly people. Thousands. And Janice Dean, the weather forecaster for Fox News, I believe it was her in-laws that were basically passed away because of the incompetence of Andrew Cuomo. And then his brother, Fredo, started having him on his shows. They were having wacky brother time on the air. But when all that stuff about COVID started coming out, that's when he stopped appearing on CNN. Well, and then there was the the sexual abuse, harassment accusations as well. Oh, there's a lot of those. The <laughs> love gov has got allegations left and right. Judge Janine, your thoughts? You have no right to ask an employee about her sexual likes and dislikes, pervert. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Coming up after 4 o'clock, Hammer. Uh, one of the more despicable members of the squad. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> Gee, this person has had to um, walk back some comments, shall we say. We will get to that after 4 o'clock. But right now, there is this idea I want to run past you. It's called the 85% rule. Okay. So this says instead, this rule means instead of giving your maximum effort, loosen up a little and give 85% instead. That keeps you more flexible more present, helps you be more creative, and keeps you from burning out. Are we good with the 85% rule? No, that sucks. (laughs) So what we're supposed to do, according to this rule that's going viral on social media, is come in here, turn our microphones on every afternoon, and just kind of do okay. Yeah. Not try to do the best we can. That sucks. I mean, I believe at 85, when I was in high school, was a grade of like what? Like a B minus, C plus? It was a B so for the B? us. Yeah, uh, mid B. Okay. 90s were A's, 80s were B's. Where the hell? Who came up with this rule? I'm glad you asked. Carl Lewis came up with this. What? The Olympic the, the sprinter? Yes. This is something Carl Lewis said way back in the day, and a current generation is just now finding it and applying it to their day-to-day occupations. Because <laughs> Carl Lewis said well, he would start okay. his races by only giving 85%, and then he would crank things up as needed, and he had a little something extra in the tank while the other competitors were wearing down because they started at 100% and they're losing a little bit of juice. Okay. I I can maybe get with this explanation. He was pacing himself, basically. Right. Right. 
Kind of like a racehorse sometimes in like the Kentucky Derby. You know, the horses that get out to the fast start, they run out of juice, and the horse that paces himself and then hits the switch wins the race. <laughs> okay, so that works in his line, in his industry, in his sport. That right. philosophy works. I just don't know if you could translate into a you know a radio personality or a business executive. Do you want your surgeon to have the mindset <laughs> that, all right, I'm going to open your chest up, I'm going to operate on your heart, but I'm only going to give 85% at the very beginning. So by the end of this, I'll be giving 100%, but <laughs> you, you only have 70% of my attention at the beginning of your open heart surgery. So what do you think Carl Lewis is best known for? Olympic athlete, the guy behind the 85% rule, or quite possibly the best national anthem ever recorded? Oh, no. oh, 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 say, can you see? And the rockets, red, red. Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For oh, the land of the free. What percentage of effort do you think he was giving there <laughs> during that performance? That couldn't even be 85. <laughs> There's no way that was 85%. I, mean, I, was try- I feel like he was trying to give 85%, but I think 40 is probably his peak percentage during that song. So I'm thinking about this because tomorrow is the championship matchup of Biden Madness. Oh, yeah. We're going to announce the winner coming up in just a little bit of the latest head-to-head Final Four matchup. And tomorrow is the final. I feel like somebody should sing the national anthem, and I'm leaning toward Carl Lewis. (laughs) There are some other anthems we can choose. Uh, Roseanne, we can go Fergie, Marvin Gaye once did a national anthem where I think people made love and got pregnant during. It was a very sexual national anthem. But I'm leaning toward Carl Lewis being (laughs) the one that brings that to us tomorrow. Um, If you're a Taco Bell fan, like I am, this is good news. The Double Decker Taco back at Taco Bell for a limited time. I'm excited about this, but I'm fat. So, in (laughs) honor of Taco Bell making this decision, here's great moments in Taco Bell history. This is when an Alabama Taco Bell burned to the ground and some very upset people in the community had a candlelight vigil. We're just out here giving remembrance. I mean, I think it was the best Taco Bell in Montgomery. I can't, I can't eat here. I felt like I lost a family member. Well, I'm hoping we get closure tonight and we can move on to the next cause. <laughs> but we're here supporting Taco Bell tonight, and that's what's important. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. I got to go all the way to Perry Hill to get some Taco Bell. It hurts my feelings. Her feelings were hurt that the Taco Bell burned to the ground. And the local TV station in Alabama, they sent a reporter to cover the candlelight vigil. And the reporter tried to be really cute and put in, like, taco puns and plays on words. Really? Grieving in not-so-average way. Some didn't want to talk about it. Talk about the things you do for the ones you love. Now you're just doing a disservice. Now that's a slap in the you're, face. You're making fun of the people that are mourning the loss of the Taco Bell. What would you think about me if you turned on the news and you saw that I was at a candlelight <laughs> vigil for a Taco Bell that burned down? I, 
I, I might high five you. <laughs> Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Okay, Hammer, uh, we got an update on a story from a, a day or two ago. So you remember one of the more despicable members of the squad, uh, Representative Jayapal from Washington State, went on CNN. Does she get official squad member yeah, now? She's, oh, yeah, she's, she's right up there with those crazy progressives. I mean, she's... A founding member, I feel like, almost in um, in certain circles. But she went on CNN when was asked, rightfully so, by Dana Bash, about calling out Hamas for using rape as a weapon of war against Israelis. You, you, there are so many women's groups out there right now that have not talked about this at all. And and basically, squad member Jayapal said, "quote Well, I think we we have to be balanced." about bringing in the outrages against the Palestinians. So so, so Jayapal tries to, you know, turn this whole thing into an anti-Israel rant. And to her credit, Dana Bash didn't let her off the hook. With respect, I was just asking about the the women, and you turned it back to Israel. Oh, yeah. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm-hmm. However, I oh, think we have to be balanced about bringing in there's the word, outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three quarters of whom and it's, are women and children. And it's horrible, but you're, you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, Well, Dana, I think women. we're not, we're not, I, I don't want this to be the hierarchy of oppression. It's, it's got to be balanced. Balanced. She's using a number, 15,000 Palestinians. It's Hamas propaganda. So number, you're not allowed to criticize Hamas or the no, Palestinians I, in any way. Hamas are freedom. I mean, so many progressives are so quick to point out that Isra- Israelis and the IDF are the ones committing war crimes. Okay. And that the Hamas are the freedom fighters. Here's, do we have more from uh, Dana and uh, Jay Pal? You are hearing from Hamas leaders over and over again that the brutal massacre of the 1,200 Israeli civilians was just the beginning, just a rehearsal, and that they want to continue to do it over and over again. So a ceasefire would keep that brutal terrorist regime in place in in Gaza? I don't think that's true. Yes, it is true. There was a ceasefire going on when October 7th happened. You moron, you ignoramus. Well, 
couple days, fast forward, Hammer, she's walked it all back after getting bashed, issuing this statement saying, quote, uh, that her comment about balance was not about rape and not intended to minimize rape and sex assault in any way. She was asked point blank by Dana Bash about sexual assault <laughs> and rape. We all heard it. It was about recognizing the tremendous pain and trauma of so many Israelis, Palestinians in this tel- terrible war. I mean, she talks about she talks about the pain and trauma. She doesn't talk about the war crime itself, and neither do other dozens of women's organizations. Hell, it took uh, UN Women more than fifty days, I think, to open up about this subject. This is it, it, it's crazy beyond belief. I mean, there are people. There was an awful massacre October seventh. Hostages taken, women raped in front of their families, men killed, babies killed, and somehow. Hamas are the freedom fighters. <laughs> Hamas, they're demonstrating their pro-Hamas demonstrations all throughout the country and the world. Listen, I don't tell anybody how to live their lives, but if you're wondering who the worst person in the room is, it's the person that's trying to make a case that the rapists aren't that bad. <laughs> that's a little free advice from me to you. That's my TED Talk right there. If you're ever in a room and you're wondering who the a-hole is or a-holes are, it's those trying to justify that the rapists aren't that bad. So we have these anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrations going on in college campuses all across the country, sometimes getting very aggressive with counter-protesters, with um, with pro-Israel people. We had the situation at a college, I believe, in New York, where they, uh, they told the Jews that were in there to go hide in the classrooms of the cafeteria because the Palestinian protesters were trying to get in. We have that situation uh, where the uh, high school, the Jewish high school teacher, was trapped in her own classroom for five hours because some of the Palestinian students saw her at a pro-Israel rally. So, and then we had yesterday, you put on, we played clips of the student at Penn, right? Speaking out about what's been going on. He felt like he had to have a press conference because his side of the story is not being told. It's all one-sided on some of these college campuses. They're allowing these pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people to get away with pretty much anything they want to. And a lot of these Jewish students are being targeted. So it's very difficult for uh, Representative Elise Stefanik from New York to get the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn to say it's not okay to call for the genocide of Jews at a hearing on campus and anti-Semitic protests. Let's let's start here with MIT. This is, again, this is Representative Stefanik saying, like, look, look, it's against the rules there at your college to call for the genocide of Jews. Let's start with MIT. Does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context. 
by the way, that's listen to that word she just said. That last word she said, context. You're gonna be you're gonna be hearing from a couple of other uh, presidents of high profile colleges and universities here in a second. You're gonna hear the word context a lot. But I think it's I think it's funny when she says, you know, it, it's a call for genocide of Jews. Um, is that you know allowed? Is that part? Is that considered bullying? And only when targeted certain people is when she said bending when, herself in only, a pretzel. In, in, only when targeting certain groups of people. I would say calling for the the genocide of Jews targeting a group of people or an individual or a group of people. Per, people. It doesn't matter. So from the f- same speech that I gave earlier, if you're wondering who the a hole in the room is, it's the person <laughs> justifying rape. I will give you this follow-up speech. Calling for the genocide of anyone is probably hate speech. Uh, Let's continue. This is Representative Elise Stefanik from New York uh, grilling uh, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn about the calls to uh, for genocide of Jews on campuses. Let's let's go with Penn this time. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. Stefanik is just undressing these lunatic presidents. As she should. Let's uh, wrap it up with Harvard. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. (laughs) Come on! What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Boo that woman. It depends on the context. If you're targeting an individual, yes. You're targeting Jewish students with that phrase on campus, repeated over and over and over again. Like, what context makes it okay if you're joking? Hey, hope there's a genocide coming up. Elbow them a little bit. Is that context okay? That is so ridiculous. These people are lunatics. Like, I've got a Harvard Law sweatshirt. I used to wear it when I would go bar hopping in Beach Grove. And I don't even want to wear it anymore. I just want to throw the thing in the trash can. It's not even worth the joke anymore. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. You break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? Easy enough. Is this anything? A candidate running for the city council in Rainier, Washington, lost by one single vote. Oh, no. 
And it turns out that candidate didn't vote for himself. <laughs> Here is Damian what? Green talking about why he refused to vote for himself. And Ryan Roth getting the confirmation after the recount <laughs> that he had officially won the spot on the city council. I didn't feel comfortable voting for myself. I thought it was kind of narcissistic. So I didn't. We have no changes to the results. No. <laughs> it looks like Mr. Roth unofficially is leading. And so it become official this afternoon at four o'clock during our canvassing board meeting. Awesome. <laughs> he didn't want to be narcissistic. I mean, I got news for you. You want to be a politician. You want to be on the city council. You're a narcissist by definition. Right. And uh, who you're doing politics wrong, dude. That's not the way it works. You're not narcissistic if you vote for yourself. You think Donald Trump? Trump went in the voting booth and voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016? <laughs> this guy's pretty dumb. He didn't leave I, it blank, I promise you that. <laughs> so, I mean, you tell me. I mean, you know the way it works. You're supposed to go in there. If you're running for office of any kind, you're allowed to vote for yourself. And what message does that send to the people who voted for you? Right. If you're not even going to vote for yourself, <laughs> if you're not confident enough to vote for yourself, why should we put you on the city council? Maybe the fine people of Rainier, Washington, dodged a bullet with this loser. Is this anything? A woman took to social media to explain that she is dumping her boyfriend because he refused to get her toilet paper when she was using the can and ran out. <laughs> Here is Jess talking about the incident. I'm breaking up with the guy I'm dating because of what he did to me while I was on the toilet the other day. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm being so serious right now. So I'm at his house. There's no toilet paper. I'm like, damn. Hey, babe, could you please grab me some toilet paper? He said, no. I already told you that bathroom's out of toilet paper. Sorry. Uh... I, I think I need more context because I th this guy may have dodged a bullet. If I'm dating someone and it's a new relationship and she's in my bathroom blowing it up. Mm, okay. I, I, you know. But what if you didn't have any TP in there, though? Like she, 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 He warned her. He warned her. He's like, yeah, there's no toilet paper in there. Well, who has a bathroom <laughs> with no toilet paper and you have somebody come over to the house? That's a woman. No matter what she does, she's probably going to need some toilet paper. I got a buddy of mine that I was his wingman and we went over to this chick's house and he got up and, um, you know, he just kind of wanted me there, you know, and then he like disappeared for 15 minutes. I looked like it's just me and this girl I barely even know. And he goes, dude, she's out of toilet paper. <laughs> she's texting me, right? And so uh, I go, okay, do you want me to ask her where the toilet paper is? No, 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 no. And then and this I is all in like there. happening in real time. This is in real time, yes. He ended up using uh, <laughs> one of her feminine napkins. Okay. <laughs> Problem solver. Very resourceful. Some MacGyver pooper. <laughs> That's what he is. He's that a MacGyver is, pooper. That is a true story that I will never forget. And needless to say, that relationship didn't really go anywhere. So what did you do for those 15 <laughs> minutes know. while he's in there I mean, like, it, trying to figure out what's going on? I think we were watching in like a night Colts game or something like that. So I was maybe just trying to take like, small talk. And then after about 10 minutes, I realized kind of what was going on. And then I looked at my phone and that's when I got the text. Did you tell her at any no, point? No, he told me not to on the text. No, no, I no, know, no, but you're kind of an a-hole. So I figured, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not supposed to say anything, but he's in there, there dropping bombs and there's no toilet paper. <laughs> What do you suggest? <laughs> what if she said, I got some maxi pads under the sink. Uh, just try those. It's fine. Hey, better than nothing, man. Better than nothing. Is this anything? A YouTuber who purposely 
crashed a plane in California to get clicks on his video oh, is now getting prison time. Good. Trevor Jacob has been sentenced to six months in federal prison for obstructing a federal probe. Now, here is a clip from the video of his crash. He bailed out with a parachute and let the plane crash over an unpopulated area. Oh, my gosh. Get me out of this. I guess I should probably document what's going on. I cut my finger pretty bad. Got my elbow. I'm just so happy to be alive. Did he pre- and so he pretended like the plane crashed when in reality he did it on purpose. Right. And he knew he was going to crash yeah, the plane. Have fun in prison. Six months in federal, pound me in the bleep prison. Right. YouTubers wanting attention and clicks and likes. Talk about narcissistic. Oh my dear lord. And and I forget about. Uh, well, he he did crash the plane uh, over unpopulated terrain. You don't know. There could have been another plane in the sky. There could have been a, somebody hunting in this field that he crashed in. You put your life in danger. You put other lives in danger, dude, just for uh, a little bit of attention on YouTube because you're a quote unquote YouTuber. Shut up. You crashed a plane for YouTube clicks. What the hell is wrong with you? Is this anything? A Georgia man is claiming that his smartwatch saved his life when he fell during a hike. The watch instantly recognized what was happening and assisted him in calling first responders. Here he is telling his story, which began when his dogs got startled. They got spooked, knocked me down, and then dragged me off the trail. I realized I couldn't move and I couldn't get up and it was in a lot of pain. I couldn't even get to the phone because my phone was in my pocket, which I was laying on. Once the call was made into 911, they stayed on with me until emergency services showed up. Yeah, I'm telling you, technology, that guy would have been dead 20 years ago. He'd just have been able to lay there and nobody would have known where he was and he wouldn't have been able to move. I'm telling you, this is, this is kind of the same thing similar happened to my to my wife's mom. She didn't get in a wreck or anything. She dropped her phone, like, violently. I don't know. She just, it, like, went flying out of her purse or flying out of her bag. And then the next thing you know, the phone called 911 by itself. Wow. The cops showed up at the house. <laughs> wow. She, she was like, hello? Because somebody was calling her. It was 911. Oh, no, no. I just accidentally dropped my phone. And a cop stopped by just to make sure, which is kind of reassuring. Was the cop cool yeah. and everything? Yeah. And okay. she was mortified. But that's the kind of, there's a way you can disable that technology. But I, especially if you're an older person, I yeah, use that. Keep it on. Falling and I can't get up. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
right, Jill, that's Jason Hammer over here. We'll uh, go straight to the WIBC hotline and bring on best-selling author uh, Bill O'Reilly. BillOReilly.com, also iconic anchor of the O'Reilly Factor, but the uh, book, the Kill, uh, Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts, is out now. Be a great Christmas gift. Uh, Bill, how is the book doing, first of all? 250,000 copies in the first two months on sale, so we are very happy because we live in a time where reading books is declining because everybody has a dopey machine in their hand and they don't want to miss any texts, you know, so they might come in while they're reading the book. So we're very pleased. Uh, And people who have, if you read the reviews on Amazon, um, close to 90% of them are excellent reviews. So the people that are buying the book seem to like it. So what you're saying is it's doing better than Liz Cheney's book. That's what I'm learning here. (laughs) You know, there is a huge anti-Trump book industry. There is. Yeah, it only lasts for two weeks. They they put out, (laughs) we hate Trump and we hate him this way. And then after two weeks, it dies. But the same people keep buying the hate Trump books. I mean, you know, it's amazing. How much more can you hate him? I think you're at the limit now of the hating, but they want more, and Liz Cheney gave it to them. Well, let's start with uh, Donald Trump at the town hall last night with Sean Hannity. One of the questions Hannity asked him was, um, you know, will Biden make it? to 2024 and the elections. Donald Trump didn't seem to think so. Do you agree? Well, you and I uh, talked about this uh, last time I was on. My prediction is that that Biden will not make it. Um, But I could be wrong. I'm speculating. Obviously, his mental decline is obvious. Obviously, obvious. I think I'm being redundant there. (laughs) His mental decline is there for anybody who wants to see it to see it. And then the Hunter Biden stuff's not going away. And then the polling gets worse and worse and worse. So the Democratic Party would like to get out of them now. But they really don't have anybody to go to. Newsom's not going to make it after that debate last week. I mean, he just looked ridiculous, Newsom. He wouldn't even acknowledge any of the stats that are in stone, wouldn't even talk about them. He just keeps deflecting, deflecting. I don't think he could possibly win. And Kamala is polls worse than Biden. So they have nowhere to go. And that's where Biden is now. There's, yeah, we'd like to get out of him. This is the Democratic Party, but we don't have anywhere to go. Belt, Jason Hammer here. And I'm glad you're bring up that Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis debate from a week ago. I went into that not really expecting much. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Uh, But the more I watched that, the more I was into it. I thought Ron DeSantis did a really good job of getting Gavin on the record, of basically being like a Joe Biden fanboy, loving everything that Joe Biden's doing, from Bidenomics to the border and everywhere in between. What did you think? Well, the thing that appalled me was the uh, arrogance of the governor of California. So he doesn't feel he has a responsibility to address any kind of reality whatsoever. So, you know, the economy, um, the average American household is spending $12,000 more today on essentials than it did the last year of Trump. That is an in-stone government figure. 
Yet when asked about it, uh, there's Newsom going, oh, uh, no, the economy's great. It's great. <laughs> and you go, well, wait, wait. You know, these are working people. They don't have a discretionary fund of $12,000 to pay more every year for essentials. What are you talking about? No, no, it's great. No, no, I know seven people uh, in uh, Silicon Valley who, who, you know, are really doing well. I mean, it's just, it was insulting. Now, DeSantis had a much easier time of it because he's run Florida pretty well, and he stays in that zone. Um, you know, we did this, we did that, it worked, and, and obviously it does work. Um, so he had that advantage. But the problem with DeSantis is that he doesn't connect to the working American person. You know, he, he comes across as like a cyber unit out there, you know, just re- just reciting things rather than really speaking as a human being. And that's going to sink him. He's not going to he's not going to get the Republican nomination. We'll be looking for Bill O'Reilly's uh, post debate analysis tonight on News Nation. Um, are we going to learn anything new tonight with well, this you'll debate? See, yeah, you'll see how brilliant I am. Um, <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah. I, you know, some people don't believe that. So that would be learning something new. Um, <laughs> but the other four, I don't know why Christian Ramaswamy are in there. I don't even know why they're there, because they have no hope. They have no chance. So why are we taking up people's time with this? It should just be Haley and DeSantis. Um, and that's the Republican Party. The Republican Party is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous party. And <laughs> what are you doing? You have two people up there. absolutely no chance at all. Why don't you put Frazier up there? I mean, you know. <laughs> I heard that's a pretty good least, show, that reboot. Yeah, at least we get a few laughs and yeah. chuckles. You know, it's crazy. So Haley uh, has been the most successful and, I believe, impressive, even though I don't like her that much. She's uh, very imperious in person. I know a little bit. And, you know, she's not not a regular person. In my eyes, I guess I could be wrong. But um, but she's been impressive. And if, if Trump really wants to get back to the White House, he would put her on the number two slot. Mm. And I'll say that tonight on News Nation. I said, look, it doesn't really matter what these people say on the stage. None of them are going to beat Trump in the primary. I mean, I guess there possibly could be an upset in Iowa, but I doubt it. And New Hampshire, that's not Trump territory, but I think he'll still win. But Haley is, uh, has been impressive. And here's the kicker, and Trump doesn't want to hear this, but I'll say it because I'm an honest guy. Haley would have a much easier time beating Biden than Trump. Why is that? Because she's more acceptable to women and independents. Easy enough. Of course, she, to me, seems pretty establishment-y. Um, oh, she is. You know, no doubt about it. I mean, war hawkish, um, you know, accepting money from Democratic donors. I mean, I heard her say today on CBS Morning News that, you know, they asked her about kids' sex change operations, and she said, no, it's got to be uh, left out of the states and in the, in the hands of the parents of a 12-year-old. You know, if you're 12 years old, you want to have a sex change, that's between the parents and the 12-year-old. And I, I really... I'm thinking she's not that that's not that's not a Republican virtue, is it? No, I agree with you 100%. That's, you know, nutty parents uh, should not have license to destroy their children. That's child abuse. So the states should pass laws that say you cannot cannot have the surgery until you're 18 years old. And then between 18 and 21, you have to get the consent of your parents, both parents, in order to have it. That's a sane law. All right, so if Johnny wants to be Heidi, just have to wait a few years, John. 
You know, yeah. you, can right. ju- you can dress up if you want. You can go out and, you know, sing Julie Andrews songs. But you're going to have to wait. And I don't think that's unreasonable because they're insane parents that, that will destroy children. We see it every day. Chatting with Bill O'Reilly. The book, Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. It's available. Would make an awesome gift to put under the tree for somebody. Uh, Bill, let's go back to this debate tonight. You mentioned Ramaswamy doesn't deserve to be there. Chris Christie shouldn't be there. I get Christie. Christie's just there to be a troll to Donald Trump. There's a lot of people that feel like whenever these debates happen, they like something Ramaswamy says. But it feels like the only time we ever hear from this guy is when there is a debate and he's got some sort of zinger. Well, he has no money. Mm. So that's why you don't hear from him. I mean, he, he doesn't have any money. I like him. I think he's very smart, and I applaud anybody who wants to uh, get into public service. I mean, obviously, he's a patriot. I like him. He's been on uh, the No Spin News, and I told him right off. I said, you're not going to win, so why are you doing this? You want a big book? You want to get famous? Why are you doing it? You know, and of course, he deflected. He goes, oh, no, no, I'm going to win. I thought, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) What are you going to do, right? I'm a journalist. I have to tell the truth. I do tell the truth, and if somebody doesn't want to acknowledge it, like Newsom, you can't go up there with a little hammer and hit him. Um, But I like Ramaswamy, but he's just not going to do it. And so the Republican Party controls who they put on the stage. And, And my question to them is, why are you wasting people's time with Christie and Ramaswamy? Why? And there's never an answer. You know, you know, if if I'm the head of the Republican Party, my only goal is to defeat Joe Biden, the second worst president in a United States history. You got to get him out of there. Are you a uh, are you a Ronna McDaniel's got to go? I don't care about Ronna. I'm sorry, Ronna. I don't. uh, I'm sure you're a nice person. I'm not a party guy. I'm a registered independent. I think both parties are ridiculous. They're propaganda outlets. Um, I want problem solvers. That's who I vote for. You know, the person who says, look, here's the problem. Here's how I'm going to solve it. If it's logical, then I'll vote for that person. I care what party they're in. But right now, with Biden being so destructive to the nation on so many things, and I have a lot of liberal friends. I'm in New York, you know, and and I say to them, give me one thing in three years that Biden has done to improve the country. And these are these are smart people. What do they say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they don't have it. Okay. <laughs> Give me one. Yeah. You know, just one. Nothing. And it's true. He has done not one single thing to improve the lives of working Americans. Bill, is there a audiobook version of Killing oh, the yeah, Witches? We, uh, um, we'll come to your house and read you the book. <laughs> I mean, killing the Witches, uh, a phenomenon because I tie the horror of Salem in 1692 to what is happening today. We have a witch hunt today. There's not a single man in the United States that's safe from any accusation. You want to destroy somebody, you get some lawyer, you can do it. It's easy to do. Um, and so we write about regular folks whose lives have been destroyed. That's what the, the hook is on this book. It, the history is fascinating. 20 human beings hung because 12-year-old girls are saying that they came in the night and want them to sign the devil's book. I mean, this was re- unbelievable. But now we have another witch hunt. But BillOReilly.com, the Christmas Hanukkah store, will save you a ton of dough. And my theory is this. If people like me, they're going to like the 
books. They're going to like the mugs. They're going to like everything we have. And if you don't like somebody and they hate me, then you give them a gift from BillOReilly.com, and you give them a little jazz, you know? Right. Right. Look for uh, Bill O'Reilly's analysis post-debate tonight on News Nation. Bill, you've always been really good, not only to the WIBC audience here in Indianapolis, but to our show specifically. You've been calling for years, and we'll always remain huge fans. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and best of luck with the book. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there. It's not the. We're not going to do the final right now, right? No. This is it. Tomorrow is the finals. We're going to find out who's going to the final tomorrow. Okay. Who is going to punch their ticket and appear in the championship game against you know the thing tomorrow? And again, this is all inspired by the NBA and their in-season tournament that they're having right now, which, by the way, Pacers are having uh, some success with. They're in the final four of it. They're out in Vegas. They play the Milwaukee Bucks uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And in Biden madness, we are down to the nitty-gritty here. A ticket to the championship game was on the line between the number five seed, which was Joe Biden butchering the name of rapper LL Cool J, and then giving us some folksy racism by calling him boy. You are the great artists of our time, representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> uh. By the way... That boy's got, he got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's... <laughs> now, he, he knew he stepped in it when he said boy, because he immediately changed it to man. Right. And I wonder if one of his handlers was like there on the floor next to the prompter, waving his hands. <laughs> no, no. So that was the five seed. Okay, five seed. Competing against the number two seed, the winner of the second Biden Madness Tournament, Joe Biden speaking to a predominantly black church on MLK Day, and in attendance was Martin Luther King III. It was his wife, Andrea's birthday. Andrea is her name. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday <laughs> Every time to I hear you. Every time I hear it, I laugh. Andrea was her name, and we got happy birthday, Velvet. I mean, he didn't even give it a shot. He didn't no. even try. And what the hell is Velvet? Like, that's the first <laughs> thing he can think of when he's at a blank. Happy birthday, dear Velvet. So, I kind of figured this would be the case. It won by a landslide. Moving on to the championship game tomorrow. Happy birthday to you. There it is. Happy birthday Andrea. to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. So, Nige, this is it. This is the matchup we've wanted. I'm very the excited. one seed against the two seed tomorrow. You know the thing against Happy Birthday Velvet. The two winners of previous Biden Madness tournaments going head to head. This is what the people want. And who the Pacers are playing? Milwaukee? Yes. And what are those odds? right now. Milwaukee was around a four to five point favorite in this game. Pacers beat Milwaukee earlier in the year. Yeah, that's right. 
but Giannis had 54 in that game. Ooh. So, Pacers are going to have to be on their A game. Uh, Damian Lillard missed the previous game. He's back for this one for the Bucks. Uh, five o'clock tomorrow in Las Vegas. You would you would be there. You would be there if not for. The Radio, WIBC Radiothon. Radiothon. You're a big, big, big man. Man, I, I want to help out people who uh, have had a rough year, who need a little pick-me-up. That's really important to me. We thank you for your sacrifice, Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> now, if they advance to the championship game on Saturday, my ass is going to Vegas. No, you won't. Really? There's a good okay. chance. All right. Hammer. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Looking forward to a special guest tomorrow on the program. When is Riley Gaines calling in? Uh, 4.05 tomorrow. 4.05 tomorrow right here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Of course, Riley Gaines, American former competitive swimmer, competed for the University of Kentucky, the NCAA swim team, got beat out by a trans man claiming to be a woman, Leah Thomas. We all, And now she's kind of the, the face of that movement that that movement that doesn't want biological men in women's sports, right? Protecting women's sports. Yes. And it really shouldn't be so much of a hot take to say (laughs) that women should compete against women and men should compete against men. Well... So Riley and I can't wait to ask her about this tomorrow because this is this is so unreal. She w- was testifying in front of like some Title IX committee yesterday, and she was called Riley was called transphobic by Representative Summer Lee out of Pennsylvania for saying men shouldn't be able to compete pretending they are women. So then then Riley throws Democrats into a tizzy by saying that they are misogynists for making this argument. Listen to this. Sports is associated with lower rates such as teamwork and goal setting. In terms of mental health, studies show that participating in youth sports is associated with lower rates of anxiety and depression, lower amounts of stress, higher self-esteem and confidence. Women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Ooh. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Order, order. Let's let's get a ruling. The chair. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. 
Oh, you weasel. So, Summer Lee of yeah. Pennsylvania, which, yes. again, I don't know what Riley Gaines has done to the people of Pennsylvania, because it's constantly being a pain in her backside from a dude acting like a woman and now this uh, house rep. But you do all of that. You grandstand, and you ultimately have to eat your words. I'm I'm, going to pull the point of order. Is that what she said? And how poised was Riley there? Again, she's 23 years old. It isn't like this is something that she's been doing her whole life. She she had a look of... Of just, I wish you could have seen. I'm gonna ask her about it tomorrow. Just a look of bewilderment on her face, like, what, like, like a look of what are you talking about? <laughs> this is you're a representative. You're a member of Congress, and you're calling me transphobic for saying that biological men shouldn't be able to compete in women's sports. And she was not afraid to go back out there at her. I and love good it. for her. And that's the one thing that. I appreciate the hell out of with Riley Gaines. There are a lot of big media outlets and big name politicians trying to use their bully pulpit to scare her off. And she's fearless. Yeah, she's, she's 23 years old she's and she's past, a badass. She's past the point of being intimidated. Um, one more thing another piece of ridiculousness to this um, Title IX hearing. This is National Women's Law Center President Fatima Goss Graves. She's the liberal witness at this Title IX hearing. So, so for every Riley Gaines, there's a Fatima Graves, right? Right. So she's saying, listen to that. Listen to how she puts this. She says basically that female athletes should, quote, learn to lose gracefully to biological men. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work oh. and coaching oh, and d- access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership. And Because it's easier to compete against a woman than it is a man. And, and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully. And often they learn to win with dignity. So, by saying to trans people, they need to learn to lose gracefully. In other words, she's saying, so do the women. So do the women competing in this. You, you girls need to learn to lose gracefully when competing against biological men. So, listen, it's not sexist to say men are stronger bigger than women. I mean, that's just biology, right? They just are. So, I wonder what would happen if robots were invented that would beat men in track and field, that would beat men in wrestling, that would beat men in football and basketball. Could you imagine having that same conversation to a male athlete? Listen, LeBron James, I know you're really good at what you do, but you're going to have to learn to lose gracefully to this robot that's just better than you. You've got no shot because of your DNA against a robot. In essence, that's kind of the same message that some of these women are getting. Learn to lose gracefully to this woman with a beard and a crank over here. <laughs> okay, if you need a uh, reason to drink tonight, Hammer, 59 years ago in 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first aired on NBC. Now, this is the uh, the classic, Clay- you know, like the, the claymation the, yeah. type of Rudolph here. 
if you sit back and watch that, like as a parent or as an adult when you get older... Santa's kind of an a-hole, isn't he? Santa is an a-hole, like the reindeer are a-hole. Like, if I were Rudolph, I would go back there, no, 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 no. Oh, now you need my nose? Well, Rudolph remembers certain things that you said to me. You called me names. Me and this weird little toy-making elf, we're going to get the hell out of here, and you can save Christmas your own. Like, that would be me, but I'm a little bit more vengeful than Rudolph is. So, on this date, 59 years ago, Rudolph made its debut. Does this make your holiday rotation? No. You're not a big Rudolph no, guy. No, no, no. Maybe when I was a kid watching it with my grandparents, I do have fond memories of watching that. But do your kids, kids get into no, it at all? Not, not this particular one. No. I mean, they've been watching a lot of stuff on Netflix, Disney Plus, and stuff like that. But, but nothing like, nothing like the old '50s or '60s. So they don't like the Charlie Browns. No, they, they don't like, like the, the Rudolph or the Frosties. They like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, they do. They get into that. We have that on DVD somewhere. I'm sure. But not the Claymation Rudolph. Nope. I like it. I know some others do, too. So, in order to lift up people like Nige (laughs) and get them into the holiday spirit here, here are some holiday memories from Terry Stacy. This is just ridiculous. Holiday Memories with Terry Stacy. My dad would never buy us a turkey or ham for Christmas dinner. Instead, he would always deep fry a horse. And this has been <laughs> Holiday Memories with Terry Stacy. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Whoa. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel Oh, yeah! All right, Hammer, this is from Nine News in Denver. So the meteorologist is live on location outside, right? Throwing it back into the studio. Okay. And apparently one of the anchors is an IU fan, is a Hoosiers fan. Had a big win last yeah, night. Yeah, Hoosiers won last night. And I want you to listen to how the meteorologist throws it back to the uh, anchor in the studio. Toss it back to you guys. And uh, Aaron, again, congratulations on your big Hooters. Uh, the, uh, oh, Hoosiers oh, win. Wow, that was a slip of the tongue. What was yeah, that again? The Hoosiers who won. You too. Yeah, that's Anyways, good. yeah, that'll be a new I was going to say. <laughs> Anyways, back to him before I say anything else, I'll just close my mouth. It's chilly out here. Oh, that's hilarious. And the anchor is a female named Erin. So if you couldn't hear it, I want to play this one more time here. A female anchor in the studio who's an IU fan, and this is how he threw it back to her. Toss it back to you guys. And uh, Erin, again, congratulations on your big Hooters. uh, Yeah! (laughs) And they instantly knew, oh, YouTube, oh, that's going on YouTube for sure. That's going to be passed around. That is a viral moment. And I'm surprised at this day and age that he doesn't have to sit down with an HR person of some sort. You know, even though it was purely in- innocent. Right. Misspoke. He just got a little tongue tied. He meant to yeah. say Hoosiers. Toss it back to you guys. And uh, Aaron, again, congratulations on your big Hooters. Uh- <laughs> I am okay with all of this. Are you okay with this? I'm okay with the Hoosiers win. I'm okay with Aaron having big Hooters. And I'm okay with this guy who's outside in the cold the cold Colorado air probably got a little tongue-tied. It's an innocent mistake. I'm good with all of this. I, mean, I guess it's better than Jim Carrey and Liar Liar getting into an elevator with a woman. Hi. Hi. New in the building? Yeah, I just moved in Monday. Oh. You like it so far? Mm-hmm. 
Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's because you have big jugs. <laughs> I mean, your boobs are huge. <laughs> Toss yes. it back to you guys. And uh, Aaron, again, congratulations on your big hooters. <laughs> congratulations, Aaron, from the Hammer and Nigel show. Okay, Taylor Swift, Tops Times Person of the Year, Time Magazine. She beat, uh, she beat out Barbie. Okay. She beat out former President Donald Trump's prosecutors. Okay. And uh, she beat out Britain's recently coronated King Charles III, Taylor Swift. Um, and she got similar accolades from People Magazine, uh, Forbes, named her the number one list of the world's most powerful women in media and entertainment. Are you okay with this? I am. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm the biggest fan of her music. I'm not going to pay you know ridiculous amounts of money for concert tickets. Oh, we are. I know you're fighting that battle right now, Nige. Yeah. Uh, but game respects game, right? Her tour is a monster. It's going to be like a two-year world tour. She's coming to Indy late next year, and people are already excited for it. And the amount of money and attention that she has brought into this, I'm good with this, man. And look, I don't like her politics, not the biggest fan of her music, per se, but she pays her staff well. We've heard the stories of what she gives her, you know, the bonuses, big semi-truck drivers and roadies and all that kind of stuff. Sounds like she takes care of her people, so I'm good with this. Now, if you're telling me that she's going to be coming to Indy with the goat from the famous <laughs> Taylor Swift goat remix, then I might pay big bucks. That stupid clip makes me laugh every time. I would pay to see that for sure. Okay, Tampa Bay Lightning's goalie had his 33rd career shutout. They beat the Dallas Stars Monday night this week, Hammer, but it was a reporter who let one rip. Oh, no. That stole his attention during the post-game interview session. Take a listen to this. Your mind in the last 48 hours. Obviously, it wasn't great feeling the last game, but. Um... Uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah mine too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it just. Um, <laughs> sorry. I always love the awkward aftermath of right. a fart, that, uh, of an unintentional fart. So that wasn't, again, he's in the locker room. That wasn't an athlete. That was the reporter. Do you want to hear it again? Real quick Please. Before I... Your mind in the last 48 hours. Obviously, it wasn't great feeling the last game, but. Um... <laughs> Are you okay with the reporter, uh, in this case, in the locker room, letting uh, floating an air biscuit? My question to you, Nige, is, was the reporter John Kerry? <laughs> Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. <laughs> we had that yesterday, right? Listen, John listen. Kerry's at that climate panel, and at the end, lets a fart go. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. <laughs> your mind in the last 48 hours? Obviously, it wasn't great feeling the last game. But um... <laughs> oh, that, the reporter letting it loose in the locker room is a hundred times better than Carrie's. Oh, it is. And imagine being 
the guy that lets the fart that makes a hockey player uncomfortable. <laughs> like these are some of the most tough Billy badass guys in the world. Yeah. They lose teeth in games. They fight during games. <laughs> that dude was a little uncomfortable because of that beefer. Are you okay with this? An Ohio woman got arrested for throwing her Chipotle order at an employee. Speaking of beefers. Was gi- <laughs> she was given the chance to work off part of the sentence by working at a fast food restaurant. Here is a municipal judge sentencing Rosemary Hine, along with comments from him and the victim, Emily Russell. Do you want to walk in her shoes for two months and learn how people should treat people, or do you want to do your jail time? Uh, I'd like to walk in her shoes. She didn't get a snap on her vest. She's going to learn how to walk in fast food, and hopefully it'll be good. And no one deserves that. So I thought, why should the city taxpayers pay for her and feed her for 90 days in jail if I can teach her a sense of empathy? Are you okay with this sentencing? Yes, but I want a caveat with it, though. If she goes to this fast food job and... She doesn't work, or she calls in sick all the time, or she acts like a clown. Then you go to jail. You go immediately to jail. Yeah, do not pass go. Yeah. Do not collect two hundred dollars. It kind of sounds like something from like an '80s sitcom, right? Where the judge sentences you to be my butler. Yeah, that was yes, Jerry Seinfeld's first pilot. Yeah, right. On because the show. he's my the butler. butler. In this case, it's my fast food worker. <laughs> I hope she does learn a lesson because, man, that work, fast food, it can't be fun. It can't be something uh, you wake up every morning yeah. and be like, I can't wait to get there. I mean, when I was 16, that was one of my first gigs as a Burger King there in Brownsburg. I had fun. I worked with people my own age. Did I, you I ever have anybody mind. yelling at you or no, throwing a burrito at no, you? No, none of that crap. None of the stuff you see on Twitter and social media. But, I mean, I just don't think it's a job meant for, you know, at 16, by the time I was 18, I had moved on. You know what I mean? Right. Right. A Kentucky family is furious after their inflatable Santa decoration was shot when what seemed to be a drive-by shooting. Here's the homeowner talking about this inflatable snowman getting gunned down. Me and my wife were sitting on the couch watching TV and heard uh, kind of like a small bang or whatever. So she asked me to take a look. And when I looked out the front door, uh, we saw that the inflatable had fallen over. I went back and looked at our home security camera and it actually showed a vehicle turn around in the court and a sound that sounded like a firearm shoot it. And as soon as that noise went off, the inflatable fell down. I'm assuming you're not okay with this. No, I'm not okay with this. But you know who probably is? Ryan Mears, prosecutor of Marion <laughs> County, because he would have that guy back out on the streets later that night if he indeed was the prosecutor and that guy was brought to justice. Because that's the way Ryan Mears gets down. Me, on the other hand, I am an eye-for-an-eye kind of guy. So I would find the scumbag trying to ruin Christmas and... Pay him a visit, as the mafia folks would say. Wow. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there. We'll go to the hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, host of the Tony Kennett cast, as well as investigative reporter for Daily Signal. Tony, the new article you have out is pretty eye-opening and, and somewhat terrifying, especially if you're a Jew uh, living in America. Uh, you detail how Jews are having to basically change the way they, they dress and travel and worship for fear of, of persecution from these, these these anti-Israel protests, pro-Hamas movement types. Um, can you dig down into the weeds a little bit? You give several examples of what's going on. Yeah, so in states, not just in California and New York, where there are lots of examples, but even in Ohio, if a pro-Hamas group, usually around the universities, you know, because it takes college-educated 20-year-olds to be this stupid, and if they catch <laughs> a whiff, of you being a Jew, they will desecrate Jewish cemeteries. Uh, they've spray-painted museums, broken windows. Uh, they have surrounded and harassed Jews until police have had to come escort them out. Um, places harboring the Jews while the pro-Hamas protesters laid siege to the building have asked the Jews if they wanted to hide in the attic. So definitely no yeah. references to World War II there. It's just very scary. Uh, friends of mine who are Jewish have had to swap yarmulkes for uh, baseball caps, the little uh, head caps that a lot of Jews uh, wear. Oh, we had the story uh, yesterday, Tony, of the student at uh, Penn that held a press conference that was explaining some of the things that were happening to him as a Jewish student on these college campuses. Yeah, and uh, even a lot of Indiana police. So, so for example, Chris Radcliffe out in Henry County, he's uh, giving safety classes and, and basically around the entire country – Jews everywhere, even those who were previously maybe anti-gun, are taking concealed carrying classes. They're getting guns for their home, for their family. They're training in self-defense, which I think is phenomenal. I think what better time uh, to you know push the importance of making sure that you and your family stay safe yeah. than when you're targeted. And this is the norm. If you're a Christian or you're a Jew in this country, you do not enjoy the same political rights as those who are radical Muslims or those who are LGBTQ and the letters go on and on. But you can't even get the presidents of these universities to admit. Like, did you see the clip? We played it earlier. Representative Stefanik uh, from New York. She was trying to get the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn to say, basically, no, it's not okay to call for genocide of the Jews on our campuses. And they couldn't do it. They, 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 they Their response was, well, it depends on what kind of context it's in <laughs> there is I, no context when calling for the genocide of jews i honestly it really does make me want to fly off the handle but i'm not rob kendall uh, it makes my blood boil so much to see someone say well certainly you just don't like it when someone calls openly says kill the jews you don't like that statement they go well what's the context behind it? if you need context for someone saying kill all of this ethnicity you're a clown. You don't belong around children. You don't belong around anyone in society. In fact, leave. I'll pay for your ticket out. And 
a great point was made by that Penn student. When it came to COVID restrictions, these presidents, they were all about keeping the students safe. And if you dared not wear a mask, not get the vaccine, do the smallest thing that's a violation of their COVID protocol, the university came down with the power of a million hammers. But when students are walking around seeing swastikas on campus and being threatened in some cases by actual faculty members, they're turning a blind eye to it. Oh, oh, and don't forget, Jason, do not forget that Kyle Kashev, survivor of the Parkland shooting, had his offer of admission to Harvard rescinded because an online chat Google Doc from when he was 14 was published in which Kyle Kashev had typed the N-word. So it's okay for pro-Palestinian protesters to get out there and say the K-word and call Jews horrible, awful, terrible names and, like you said, swing the swastika around. But if a boy says the N-word when he's 14 and he's a stupid young kid, all of a sudden that's disqualifying. This is the nation of double standard. Don't ever hire a Harvard graduate. Don't hire Ivy League graduates. Get rid of them. They're not worth it. It's not only a nation of double standards, but it's it's a nation that's tone deaf after the Christian school shooting in Nashville by a trans person. It was Kareem Jean-Pierre mourning trans people. Uh, when you see gigantic uh, anti-Israel protests, well, it's you got to watch out for Islamophobia. Islamophobia is a real problem. Last time I checked, I have not seen giant swaths of protesters shutting down bridges uh, in protest of the the Muslim community. Have you? No, this reminds me of Norm Macdonald in the 90s when O.J. Simpson was, you know, murdering people. And during his yeah. trial, uh, people were saying, you know, you know, the gloves fit. This is all really bad. You know, it's really bad that he murdered people. And then you started seeing the columns come out that were, well, have you ever thought how this whole trial makes O.J. Simpson feel? It's like, who, who cares? He's <laughs> life. What's wrong with you? And it's, uh, I think, important to point out, too, and this is a great reminder OJ has blocked you, Tony Kennett, on Twitter. <laughs> what? Really? That is true, yes. OJ oh. Simpson really does not like that I have uh, called him out for, you know, murdering people. Uh, <laughs> not for his driving habits, although really, those aren't any better. Uh, chatting with Tony Kennett. He is the host of the Tony Kennett cast every night, uh, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock here at 93 WIBC. He comes on right after we get off the air. Um, the Washington Post. They are the uh, latest media outlet to see their journalists go on strike. You put out an interesting tweet in regards to this, Tony. Lay out your thoughts on what you're seeing with a lot of these newspapers that have their journalists going on strike. I love it. I love it. I just, everyone, if you can all just go on strike, it would just make me so happy because these left wing journos, they're upset that, you know, the papers no longer paying for their cell phone plan like the indie star journalists were and so they go on strike and they're like we're gonna strike yeah we're so strong and then they realize nobody cared uh nobody actually pays attention to what these individual writers from these left-wing rags are writing and as the indianapolis star journos found out no one cares whether you're writing the piece or not no one's reading the indianapolis star the the paper's hemorrhaging it's what washington post is already figuring out It's so funny to watch the hubris of these left-wing journos who think they are the defending light of American democracy. I love watching that bubble just get popped 
like the moment that a kid arrives on a college campus and finds out he's not all that in a bag of chips. It's just so funny watching these left-wing journos who have ruined lives just be humbled and realize that they should learn to code or, you know, get a real job. (laughs) (laughs) Many of these are the same type of people that have that profile picture on social media where they're looking off in the distance away oh. from the camera because they're the oh. voice of reason in this crazy, Inspiring. crazy world, Tony. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just so amazing. I mean, I, I just I read these articles. I just start to tear up because some Indianapolis Star article, they're, they're like focused 15 articles on a local library. It's just so brave. Oh, my God. This, now, I know you feel the emotion. You pay attention to this kind of stuff. There's another like local newspaper. I don't necessarily think it's a newspaper. Local media outlet called Mirror starting here in Indianapolis. Oh, Does this do yeah, anything for you? No, it's, it's the new thing. So when you work for a failing newspaper and uh, it's getting ready to close because Gannett hasn't made money in like 10 years. The Indy Star. You do is you, yeah, you, you start a little nonprofit and it's with the same reporters and it's got the same staff that are going to be writing the same garbage stories. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, it's another nonprofit state affairs, Capital Chronicle, and now Mirror Indy. They're all the same thing. They have former left-wing journos writing for their paper or their publication. You're going to get left-wing articles. Guess what doesn't sell in Indiana? Really far-left garbage journalism. <laughs> so I mark my words, write it down. This is going to be another of the same lame publications. If I'm proven wrong, I will gladly come out and apologize. But no, I'm. this doesn't do anything for me. And In fact, I'm embarrassed that whatever corporate donor they found gave them money, because what a waste. Find his work at DailySignal.com. You can find him on social media at The Tonus. Tony Kinnett is our guest, host of the Tony Kinnett cast weeknights here at 7 o'clock on 93 WIBC. Real quick, I'm, I'm wondering if you put yourself through that debate last week between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Quite frankly, I went into it with a negative attitude, but I actually started to enjoy myself. I don't know exactly what the purpose of what I was watching, uh, what was happening last week, but your thoughts on uh, the red states versus the blue state debate with Sean Hannity. I think it was the most important debate that we have seen in 10 years. Really? I do. More so than like a presidential debate, like say between Trump and Hillary or Biden and Trump. Infinitely more important, even though I would put the Trump-Hillary debate where he said she would go to jail as a close second. (laughs) This was one of the most important debates. I think everyone should go back and watch it. It's on podcasts. It's also on YouTube. You need to watch it because what was on display last Thursday was the fate of the United States. It's either going to go in one or two directions, and that's far more important than the presidency, is how states are governed. And what you saw were the two options. Vivek Ramaswamy, he put out something this past week, and it's kind of a sensational headline, but I think there's something to it, that the United States right now is in a civil cold war. Does that make sense to you, Tony? I mean, he's not the first person to say that. He's like the sixth. Um, I have (laughs) kind of mentioned this before, but that's kind of Vivek Ramaswamy for me. He kind of regurgitates kind of ideas that were edgy three months ago and kind of just throws them out there. I, I, I hear his sentiment. I don't think it's as bad as he makes it out to be. Uh, if you log off of the computer, if you actually go outside and touch grass, you realize, no, we're not in a cold civil war. I do think that 
politically, we are very divided. I do think that in some parts of our country, things are very tense. But a cold civil war right now, uh, I don't think we're there just yet. Seems like the Democrats are pretty united. Uh, it's the Republicans that got a lot of friendly fire going on in their party. Right. So let's. Um, we got two minutes here with Tony Kennett. The debate tonight, uh, four uh, contestants, if you will, DeSantis, Haley. It's like a game <laughs> show. <laughs> Christy and uh, right. Vivek. What are we expecting tonight? Are we going to learn anything new tonight? Uh, yeah, we're going to learn that Vivek and Christy should drop out already. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that there's really any reason that either of them are up there. Vivek is running to be Trump's VP. He's not going to get it. It's going to be Haley. Um, mm. And so you're going to wander into this election with Trump, who's claiming to be anti-establishment, who will pick the VP establishment candidate. By the yeah. way, there's my prediction. You know, go ahead and write that one down now. DeSantis will get up and throw some punches. Christie will look really awkward. Um, I honestly wish that Trump was on the stage because I would love to see yeah. him talk policy. I think that would be really good for his campaign. But, you know, I don't make the rules. Got about a minute left here, Tony. What's the political future of Ron DeSantis? Let's say that he rides this thing out, eventually drops out, finishes in second place, doesn't become the VP. His time's up as governor in Florida. What's the future for Ron DeSantis? I don't have a solid clue. I don't. I think that there's a chance he might run again uh, in 28. Um, I have heard kind of interesting things kind of under the radar about maybe future aspirations for him regarding the Senate. I don't think that there's really any weight to those. I think that, honestly, DeSantis represents a third of the Republican Party, and there's really not a clear outlook as to – what the next third looks. I Honestly, I think you should take Ronald McDaniel's job. He knows how to get people elected. Hmm. That's a great point. Yep. Great point. What's coming up on the Tony Kinnett cast tonight at 7 o'clock? Uh, we've got a little bit on just the absolute goofiness of Lib Journos, you know, dry humping everything in sight and acting <laughs> sanctimonious online. So stick around for that. The dry humping begins at 7 o'clock tonight here on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett, we appreciate it, my man. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.